Just when we thought conference realignment talk was shelved, the Big 12 comes roaring back. Could Gonzaga really be in the best college basketball conference in the country just two weeks from now? Let's discuss. You are Locked on Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag Athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On College, and you will get $20 off your first purchase. Folks, for those of you who are excited for the player preview series to begin, I was among you. I was excited to get it going as well, but we got some news to talk about today. I guess more rumors than news to talk about today. We're going all things Gonzaga to the Big 12. It's back. We'll talk about what the story is, why it came back up again. We're also going to talk about the pros and cons of the Big 12 for Gonzaga. We're also going to talk about the other sports that are reportedly moving alongside the men's basketball program and one program in particular that is not among those and why that might be. It's a Big 12 party today here on Locked on Zags because the commissioner of the Big 12 conference, Brett Yormark, pitched Gonzaga's inclusion once again at the Big 12 conference meetings. He pitched it to both the athletic directors and the conference presidents in separate meetings in Dallas, Texas last week. Reportedly, it took them by surprise, and this report was initially came out by Seth Davis, who is now at The Messenger. Uh, we've also got some, some tidbits in here from uh, Brett, McMahon, Brett McMurphy, excuse me, at Action Network, Dennis Dodd at CBS. Lots of different people have been reporting this, but reportedly, this pitch by Brett Yormark about Gonzaga kind of took some of the ADs by surprise, some of the presidents by surprise, because the conference back in August had said, we're done with realignment. Yormark came out and basically said, hey, we were, you know, we were really interested in Gonzaga. We were really interested in UConn. It was, it was true, legitimate interest. But with these th- you know, four schools coming in next year, with the three schools coming in this year in Houston and uh, Central Florida and Cincinnati, and then, of course, next year, you got the four Pac-12 corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Yormark basically said, hey, we're done for right now. We're going to kind of figure out what these new additions, the departures of Oklahoma and Texas, the new schools this year, the new schools next year, what that all looks like for us financially, how it works, all that stuff. And then we'll reconvene and reevaluate doing realignment at a later date. That made sense. Made sense to me, made sense to most of you, made sense to the Big 12 presidents and athletic directors. But apparently, Yormark had continued to have conversations with Gonzaga. Not with UConn, which is interesting. It sounds like the conversations between the Big 12 and UConn kind of died the moment that he came out and said, hey, we're done with conference realignment. But they did not die with Gonzaga. They were quietly having conversations behind the scenes with presumably Gonzaga's uh, athletic department, with uh, AD Chris Staniford, with Thane McCullough, the president, with Mark Few, with uh, the... company that Gonzaga was working with, excuse me, uh, to kind of help them do some some research on potentially getting to a Power Six conference. And now this announcement comes out and there's sources indicating to Seth Davis and Brett McMurphy and others that Yormark would like to have this done in a couple of weeks, which feels insanely fast. And we'll talk a little bit more about what still needs to be done and why that timeline is probably pretty fast. Uh, but the hope 
for your mark is to get Gonzaga not only into the Big 12, but to have them be a member starting in the 24-25 athletic season. That's next year, folks. We, we're we a few months, a few weeks away, excuse me, from the start of the season, a few months away from the start of the WCC season. And we might be finding out soon that it's the last year that Gonzaga is going to be in the WCC. That is surprising, shocking, stunning news for us to be finding out here in early October. Now, again, that timeline is the dream situation. Yormark himself acknowledged that it might be difficult, and it does sound like there is a plan in place to have Gonzaga added by 25-26 instead of 24-25. So it sounds like unless everything goes perfectly smoothly and negotiations are ironclad sharp and all the 80s and presidents vote yes right away, which all could happen, then yeah, maybe we do get an announcement in two weeks. Maybe Gonzaga is in the Big 12 by 24-25. But if they hit any kind of snag, A, it could derail the whole thing. This is far from guaranteed. But it seems plausible that some kind of slight delay or snag or somebody who needs some convincing or some challenges with negotiating with ESPN and Fox and various other things could result in this not getting announced right away, but that it does eventually get announced and that it does happen in the 25-26 season. If I was a betting man and I was betting on conference realignment, which I'm not sure I would advocate for doing in the, in the current era, but I would think that at this point, Gonzaga going to the Big 12 in 25-26, that's kind of where, I think that's the odds on favorite. I think that's going to happen. I think that's the reality of, of, of the situation right now. And, and some more information before we get into some of the pros and cons, basically want to argue a little bit for why this move makes sense for the Big 12 for people listening to this podcast who maybe aren't Gonzaga fans, who are BYU fans, Arizona fans, Baylor fans, football fans, whatever you might be. I think there's some strong arguments. Now, why this is happening now, we'll start with that. There's a couple reasons. One, at the time of the this kind of negotiation ending, uh, the, the Pac-12 still existed. And of course, since then, since Yormark said, hey, we're good, Stanford, Cal, and SMU have moved to the ACC and kind of left the Pac-2 of the of Oregon State and Washington State. Now, part of Stanford, Cal, and SMU's move was to take a smaller dollar amount up front and to kind of gradually see their cut of the finances increase over time. That model is part of the reason that Gonzaga, or excuse me, Brett Yormark continued conversations with Gonzaga, effectively saying, is it possible that this is the kind of model that could work for you, which is the case that is being proposed here. Gonzaga would not get a full cut, even a full basketball cut from the Big 12 right away in this proposal. The finances are one of the key things that is still being litigated right now, still being discussed between two sides. So that being a potential option and Gonzaga being willing to take a smaller cut early seems to have helped kind of push these conversations back to the forefront. Beyond that, the additions of Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah create more logical travel partners for Gonzaga. Of course, BYU is in that conversation as well. We already have a bit more of a West Coast flavor in the Big 12. Gonzaga is still the farthest geographic on the West. They're still the only one in the Pacific time zone, but it's less of a glaring uh, they're less glaringly obvious uh, away from everybody else now that we have seen those schools from Arizona and Colorado and Utah get added into the conference. Those are kind of the main things and the arguments for why the Big 12 would do this. Gonzaga's fifth in what is called the TV power metric among basketball programs, fifth out of all college basketball programs. The four ahead of them are the bluest blue bloods that you can possibly describe. That is Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Kansas. That is it. 
the bluest schools you can possibly talk about. Gonzaga is next. That means they are ahead of Alabama, of Michigan, of Ohio State, of Arkansas, of UCLA, of USA, of everybody else. Everybody else. That's not those four schools. TV is what drives this. People can argue, you know, the, the arguments that people love to make, well, what's Gonzaga going to look like when Mark Few leaves, which is a silly argument that I'll address on a later episode of the podcast. Uh, you know, are they going to be able to recruit blah, 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 like small school, they don't have enough attendance. Whatever arguments people want to use at the end of the day, what matters is how much you are driving interest on television. That's what the media people care about. That's what the conference cares about. Gonzaga does it better than anybody except for the four bluest bloods in the sport. That's what matters. I don't love that that's the main thing that matters, but it is. And Gonzaga has a dang good argument because of that. Beyond that, Gonzaga's audience, excuse me, skews younger, which is a big benefit for the Big 12. The Big 12 is trying to get into a newer audience. They're trying to get younger viewers engaged in the sport. Gonzaga offers that. It's not surprising they have a younger audience because they have not been as popular of a brand for as long. So, of course, the people who are watching it tend to be younger. So they're a younger audience. They're also, of course, in a different geographic location. So for the Big 12, it's an ability to get a footprint in a place and with a demographic that they don't currently have as big of a footprint with. So that, of course, makes sense logically. Gonzaga's rating versus Power 6 opponents since 2017 is two and a half times the average rating for a Big 12 conference game. 2.5 times. Gonzaga also has a 78% winning percentage against Power 6 teams. So people are basically tuning in every time Gonzaga plays a Power 6 team. A lot of them probably because they want to see if Gonzaga is going to lose and they're not doing it. So there's a lot of compelling arguments here. Is Gonzaga going to continue to drive two and a half times when they're actually in the Big 12? No, of course, it'll change, it'll skew, whatever. But right now, when you're making an argument, you're making a selling point for Gonzaga, you can say, look, more people are watching this team than anybody else in college basketball, except for like the biggest brands in the sport. They are winning games against these kind of opponents. They're generating more traffic for TV than the rest of the Big 12 is, and they're generating a younger crowd and a crowd located in the Northwest areas that we don't have. That's a lot of really compelling arguments for the Big 12 to consider, especially when Gonzaga says, we'll join your conference and you don't need to give us a full cut right away. Really hard to not see the appeal for your mark, for the commissioners, or excuse me, for the athletic directors, for the presidents. Now, there are still logistics to be worked out. Finances obviously being the biggest one, figuring out what cut does Gonzaga take? What does that mean in terms of the other member schools? Are, are they going to have to pay money out of pocket in order to add Gonzaga? How much do the media companies, ESPN and Fox, both have media rights deals with the Big 12? What does that mean for them? How involved do they get? All of that is the biggest thing beyond that. Their scheduling concerns. How is a conference tournament going to work with 17 men's basketball programs? That's a huge number. It's going to be interesting to see how they make that work. So there's a lot going on, but the big part, not only that this was proposed and that this has been discussed, but your mark has received permission to continue these negotiations. Will it happen in two weeks? My guess is probably not, although I don't think it is impossible, but it is going to continue to be negotiated. And I don't think either side is going to give up until it happens. So I think we're looking at a reality where Gonzaga is going to be in the big 12 by 2024. We'll see by 2025. Probably is the way that I'm feeling about it right now. And there's another really big reason why Gonzaga is going to be really pushy to get themselves into the Big 12. And we're going to talk about that as well as the overall pros and cons of this rumor 
All coming up after a word from today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like their Taco Tuesday promotions. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. With the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets hurt. Guys, this is huge if you're betting on individual player performances for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. It is a crazy, easy thing to do and bet on. You just pick two or more players and choose more or less with that given stat. I was laughing on Sunday when you were looking at some of the options. Patrick Mahomes, 155 passing yards. He hasn't been below 155 passing yards since 2019. Justin Jefferson, 105 receiving yards. He's only been under that once this entire season. These are great bets that you all can make. So go to prizepicks.com slash college and use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college. Use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match Excuse me, of up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Speaking of things being made a lot easier. Life is always so busy. And one of the last things that I want to be worried about is trying to buy tickets to events. Thankfully, there's Game Time, which has killer deals on last minute tickets for all the events that I want to go to. Those of you out in the Midwest or in other areas who are now thinking, hey, I get to go see some more Gonzaga basketball games, definitely download the Game Time app. You can get yourself cheap tickets right up to the day of the events for these games. Game Time also has images of views from your seat, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. They have deals on tickets right up until the day of the event. You can also get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Plus, the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. All right, folks, I want to thank all of you once again for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those of you everyday listeners on YouTube. We are starting that player preview series on Wednesday. That is the plan. Of course, continue to keep you updated on realignment as we learn more and more about this. But for those of you ready to dive deep into every single player on Gonzaga's roster, just know we are getting to that very, very soon here in the Locked On Zags podcast. But for right now, I want to continue our conversation about the recent report that the Big 12 is not only continuing to pursue Gonzaga as a as a member institution starting as soon as 2024, but they are it's happening. It's we're getting real close. I don't want to say it's happening yet, but there is a lot of momentum kind of coming out of the woodwork very suddenly that this is something that might happen. And here's part of the reason why. And it's not a fun reason particularly. I've talked about this recently on the podcast, but I'll reiterate it here. Sounds like the the Power Six conferences, the big boys in college athletics, don't really want to continue to associate with the NCAA. And one of the ways that that might break off is a situation where the NCAA tournament becomes all about the Power Six conferences. As in, instead of getting Middle Tennessee State 
playing Michigan, Fairleigh Dickinson playing Purdue, George Mason making a Final Four. The Power Six conferences have said, we don't want that anymore. We don't want our brands to potentially run the risk of getting embarrassed by these schools that they consider significantly inferior to them. And because media rights just own everything, ESPN and Fox and you know other companies like that can do pretty much whatever they want. There is a very real and tangible risk that in the not too distant future, the NCAA tournament will cease to exist in the way that we know it as, as it is. Whether it's the Power Six conferences breaking off and forming their own tournament, and then there also being a tournament of basically every team that's left over, whether it's a, a, a situation where that they just only allow power six conference teams and they just basically tell the other conferences, Hey, you're no longer invited to this event. Like whatever it may be the last real paragon of Cinderella stories of the true kind of meaning in my mind of college athletics that, you know, anybody can get a crack at anybody. And, and no matter what conference you're in or where you're projected, if you win that conference tournament, you get a chance to go into the big dance. And if you go to the big dance, you never know. Fairleigh Dickinson wasn't even expected to win their league last year. They won their league. They beat Purdue in the first round. Those stories are what the Power Six conferences want to get rid of because they don't like what it means for their conference. They don't like that it embarrasses them. They don't like that it they don't they don't like that it runs the risk of, of of them losing. I mean, they just they don't want to do that anymore. And they're saying, well, why don't we just play a conference tournament where, you know, or, or a NCAA tournament where we're just playing other schools that are, you know, big, huge schools in these power six conferences. That's gonna happen. I hate to say it. I do, but it's going to happen. I don't know how soon. I don't know if the NCAA can find ways to prevent it from happening at a certain time, maybe extending the tournament, uh, adding more teams in the short term to potentially make it less likely to happen right away, but it probably is going to happen. And for Gonzaga, they had they cannot be left behind. They, they had to find a way to not let that happen to them. So there was more urgency, more urgency for Gonzaga to make this move. And at this point, if you genuinely fear that this could happen, which would completely derail Gonzaga. I mean, if, if the, the, the Power Six conferences broke off and Gonzaga wasn't among them, they would never get to win that national championship. They would never get remembered. They would never get that recognition that they deserve. So they had to find a way to get into a power conference where they would then be able to compete in that level. For Gonzaga to have built a brand in the last 25 years that can do that, that can get invited into a power conference, that can put themselves in a legitimate position to compete with the big boys is an incredible, extraordinary accomplishment. I hate that they had to do it. Not that they're going to the big 12 if it does happen. I don't hate that, but I hate that that's why it had to happen. I hate that they feel this fear of like what, that, that there's a legitimate reality where they, if they didn't do this, they would be left behind. I hate it for teams like St. Mary's who might get left behind in this or Dayton, or St. Louis, or Memphis, or whoever else you want to kind of address in that conversation. I hate it for them, if it comes to this, of course. But for Gonzaga, it makes sense that there was some significant urgency to get this done. Moving forward, I want to talk more pros and cons for Gonzaga. That's the biggest pro, which is why I led with that. Other pros, obviously, better conference opponents. No disrespect to the WCC, but this is a much, much better top-to-bottom conference in the WCC. It's probably the best in college basketball. Beyond just a better slate of games and opponents, you have some fun actual 
rivalries that could develop here. Of course, Gonzaga versus Arizona, Mark Few versus Tommy Lloyd. That's the big one. That's the one people are most excited about. You also get BYU back. That's very fun. And then, of course, you get, you know, Houston, Kansas, and Baylor, some of the best teams in all of college basketball year in and year out. Other pros, more brand recognition, more respect. People wouldn't be able to use the Gonzaga doesn't play anyone argument anymore. That just wouldn't be, people wouldn't be able to say that anymore. People, There are people out there who've made their dang careers basically saying that as much as possible. They wouldn't be able to do that. They would kind of have to be quiet about that. I think Gonzaga's brand recognition is already pretty strong, but it would grow even more uh, and certainly grow in a different geographical area if they were playing in the Big 12. It's also a huge boost for recruiting. Gonzaga does a dang good job recruiting. The fact that they land five-star players, the fact that they land high four-star players while recruiting in the WCC is a huge testament to the work that Mark Few and Brian Michelson and Stephen Gentry and, of course, in the past, Tommy Lloyd and others have done. But now, without that barrier, without that holding them back, their recruiting is going to tick up even more. Some cons for Gonzaga, obviously the travel. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast. We'll talk about it more if this becomes a reality. More time away from school, more time spent on planes. Just it, it's going to make things more difficult. Flying to West Virginia and playing that team when you're, you know, a little bit jet lagged is going to be tough. More travel is tough. It's tough on the environment. It's tough on the student athletes. It's it's just tough. Not a con that makes this untenable necessarily, just one of the cons. Beyond that, Gonzaga is obviously not going to dominate the conference. They're not going to win their conference tournament every single year. When they have slight down years, instead of still finishing first, but maybe tied with St. Mary's, they might finish eighth. These are things that could reasonably happen. Gonzaga is probably still going to be good enough to generally make the NCAA tournament every single year, but there's a risk that a bad year, where in the past it would cause Gonzaga to you know, maybe be a five or a six seed, they might miss the tournament. That's a risk that you run here. I think it's a risk Mark Few and the staff are certainly willing to take, and they should be willing to take, but it is no doubt a risk for Gonzaga. You also lose some of those geographic rivalries. I don't like that they won't play in Portland. I don't like that they don't have any conference games scheduled in California if they make this move. That's a lot of regions that Gonzaga fans will miss out on games. They'll still play some non-cons game there, non-con games there most likely, but you lose a lot of those regional rivalries. You're also in a conference that cares more about football. And while the Big 12 is a great basketball conference and nobody's ever going to take that away from them, they play second fiddle to football in the Big 12 in a way that they don't currently in the WCC. And then there's also just a risk of falling off. That risk is kind of mitigated in the WCC. It's less mitigated in the Big 12. People on Twitter are saying, oh, Gonzaga is going to become the next DePaul. Like, let's calm down on that. This fear that Mark Few moving on immediately makes Gonzaga bad is rooted in an incredible amount of misinformation about the development of this program. And again, I'm going to address that in a much larger podcast conversation at a later date. People who say that are not worth your time responding to, quite frankly, because it's just not true. And there's no real reason to believe that that's true. Gonzaga is a lot more like Duke than they are like DePaul. And that's just a fact. But it is there is a, a bigger risk that a couple bad years in a row could spiral in the Big 12 in a way that they wouldn't in the WCC. Well, we're going to close out today's show on a similar topic, but a little bit different, because according to parts of this report, the women's basketball team might not be a part of this move. And that seems absolutely shocking to me. We'll talk more about it after a word from today's sponsor, Jace Medical. With storm shortages, pandemics, and supply chain issues all over the United States, we need to be prepared now more than ever. And everybody should feel, should feel empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. 
JSKs provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you the peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Doctor created, doctor recommended. Jace Medical. All right, folks, closing out the show, continuing our conversation about the rumors that Gonzaga to the Big 12 is back, and it is in the, in the rumor mill. It looks like it might be happening much sooner than anybody would have expected. Again, there are still some logistics to iron out, as we've discussed in that first and second segment, but Action Network, Brett McMurphy, in his report about the story, this was not in the report from Seth Davis, which is who initially broke the story, but according to Brett McMurphy, sources have indicated that the teams that would be getting invited into the Big 12 are Gonzaga's men's basketball program, of course, as well as baseball, women's soccer, volleyball, and men's and women's tennis. There is a very notable absence in that list. No women's basketball. Honestly, that seems insane to me, to the point where I almost don't believe it. I think it's possible it was either in, unintentionally skipped in, in the in the article, like the, the writer made an error in, in not putting it in there. The source made an error in not indicating it to Brett McMurphy in the first place. Uh, it's just some kind of oversight because it just doesn't make sense that Gonzaga's women's basketball team wouldn't be invited. For people thinking, oh, what about men's soccer? Big 12 doesn't offer men's soccer. That's an easy explanation there. Rowing, track and field, some of the other sports, it makes more sense to keep them in the WCC, assuming the WCC does, which I don't think they would quibble on a few sports like that for, for what it's worth. So I think that all makes sense. Women's basketball just doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't. I do not understand why they would not get the invite along with the men's basketball program. Gonzaga's women's basketball team is a consistent NCAA tournament team. They win 25 plus games per year. They beat power five teams, not at a 78% clip the way the men's team does, but they beat them pretty darn consistently. They beat ranked teams last year. They've made sweet 16 runs. Like this is a team that has been consistently great under coach Lisa Fortier that recruits extremely well, that can play with the teams in the Big 12 unquestionably. There is no debate. Gonzaga does not come into the Big 12 immediately at the bottom of the standings. They don't. And so to me, it's just mystifying why they wouldn't be included here. Again, maybe it's a mistake. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, it has been corrected like, hey, sorry, we missed it. Women's basketball is a part of this. And if that's the case, great. We can ignore this part of the show, which is good because Gonzaga's women's team should not be ignored by the Big 12. It doesn't make sense. Hopefully that is not the case. So what happens to the other sports? Well, again, I think the WCC could reasonably hold on to rowing, men's soccer, track and field, cross country. I think that would be fine it makes sense why Gonzaga wouldn't want to move those teams. Those are big rosters. Again, men's soccer is, is I don't want to say irrelevant because that sounds mean, but they're, they're not part of this conversation because the Big 12 doesn't offer men's soccer. Men's soccer would stay in the WCC. That would be fine. But for track and field and rowing, they're huge rosters, massive rosters. And moving them all the time would be a lot more difficult. 
keeping them in the WCC is easier. I don't think you're going to get a lot of pushback for wanting to keep a couple of Olympic sports in the conference. It's if you only move basketball and you leave everything else that I think the WCC is going to say, hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute, and throw a stink. That's my perception, my interpretation, my guess based on how these things have gone in the past, based on my time working in college athletics. It is a guess, but I think is a fairly safe one to assume that nobody's going to be all that concerned about track and field and rowing staying in the WCC while basically everything else moves on. Again, the women's basketball thing is pretty baffling, and we'll kind of leave that for now until we get some more details on that situation. That's what I expect for those sports that would stay in the WCC. Now, what about the sports that would be moving alongside Gonzaga? Most of them, the story is going to be kind of the same. It's going to be beneficial for them from a recruiting perspective. It is going to be not beneficial for them from a travel perspective. And that's kind of the story. For baseball, the WCC is a solid baseball conference. It is. They have good teams. Pepperdine, Santa Clara, traditionally been pretty good. San Diego, traditionally pretty good. This is still a big move for Gonzaga. They are joining a better baseball conference. Arizona State is a great baseball program that is moving over into the Big 12. There are other teams that are already over there that are great. This is a big move for them. It's a rough move travel-wise. Traveling a big baseball roster for three-game series in Texas, in West Virginia, in Oklahoma, in wherever else they would have to go is tough, tricky. So it's not going to be easy, but it is beneficial for them for recruiting. It is beneficial for them in terms of the overall uh, non-conference schedule that they would face in that conference. And again, for women's soccer, women's soccer is great right now. They're nationally ranked. They're an excellent program, and they would get a huge boost going into the Big 12. And that's not a, a knock on WCC women's soccer, which is also very, very good, similar to baseball. They're still going to be able to recruit better by being in the Big 12 but they're still going to face bigger issues by having to travel a long ways in order to play their conference games in the WCC. Tennis, same thing. Don't need to relitigate it. Good for recruits, bad for travel. It's just kind of the deal. For those teams, I think it's worth it. I think they're going to feel like it's worth it. And I, I think that's kind of why it makes sense for this move to happen. Certainly, it's a, it's a bigger benefit for men's basketball and less of a, a downside because they don't play as many contests. They don't travel as many players. So I think it, it helps that sport more than the other ones. But it's still good for baseball. It's still good for women's soccer. It's still good for tennis. And hopefully, it's good for women's basketball because they get invited alongside as well. Folks, we're going to have a lot more about this topic. We're also going to get into our player preview series. That's going to be the rest of this week, unless we hear an actual update on this story. But as soon as we do, as soon as we do, we're talking about it more. We're talking about what it means. We're going to get into some of the nitty gritty details. We're going to have guests on. We'll have Locked On Big 12 host Drake Toll on the show. We're going to talk to Locked On BYU host Jake Hatch about renewing that rivalry. We'll talk to a handful of other people involved in this in this conference, what it means for them, what it means for some of those individual rivalries, all sorts of fantastic stuff coming your way in future episodes here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you have not done so yet. Don't forget to join us on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. We're talking all about this topic, all about everything involving Gonzaga, 24 hours a day. So definitely check us out there if you have not done so yet. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as always, go Zags.